0: the tires. This is Inside Alabama Racing with your host, Tommy Prater. He is the reason for this full course yellow that we are under at the moment. Stay with the sports station, WNSP, for NASCAR news, interviews with drivers, crew members, and track officials around the state and around the nation.
1: Fired up. Stay on the racetrack if you can. Stay on the racetrack if you can. My bear says objects appear faster than they appear.
0: No, he's that fast. Inside Alabama Racing, brought to you by Wade Distributors, Judy's Place, and Alabama Pipe and Supply. Got a guitar! Hell yeah! Have you seen any of the replay? They have called one of our teammates to the trailer. Oh, bye! Now, here's Tommy Prater. Look at him, look at him, look at him! Let's go racing drivers!
2: Welcome to Inside Alabama Racing, I'm Tommy Prater, thank you for joining us on what is becoming the busiest racing weekend of the year, and it's one of my favorite times to be involved in racing. We have the Indianapolis 500 Sunday morning, we have the Coca-Cola 600 Sunday afternoon, we're coming off of a huge weekend of racing at North Wilkesboro and Pensacola Five Flag Speedway last weekend. Sunny South Raceway was in action also. It is a busy, busy time of the year. If your name was Kyle Larson, you absolutely enjoyed the new North Wilkesboro Speedway. But there were a couple of guys from here that continued to make a name for themselves. Outgunned, outpowered out cupped out trucked Augie Grill and Bubba Pollard came home with big wins Augie Grill will join us in just a little while to talk about it Chad Robinson wins the Sportsman Spectacular over at Pensacola Five Flag Speedway last Friday night picks up $1,250 And if you haven't seen it, go to Racing America to watch the replay. It's one of the best stock car races I've seen in a really long time. And as we mentioned, the Indy 500 is this weekend. Who better to give us a view from the roof than last year's winning spotter, Mark Gregory, who spots for Marcus Erickson. They're starting in the top ten. They could be a threat. We'll wrap it all up with this week's edition of the Moose Call. Right here on WNSP, part of the sound of Mobile.
0: Because it's time to get back on the track. Here's Tommy Prater.
2: Welcome back to Inside Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. Thank you for joining us this evening. You know, I... Like most of y'all, I'm just hearing about Joey Warner's podcast on baseball here on uh, WNSP. Joey is like the guru of baseball and it comes to Mobile. He, uh, I'm absolutely looking forward to hearing that. He does a fabulous job of covering baseball. Ought to be good. Just a few minutes. Sportsman Spectacular winner, Chad Robinson's going to step in with us. Every week, our program is brought to you by Alabama Pipe and Supply, Wade Distributors, Southwest Alabama's flooring leader, and of course, Judy's Place, where every Wednesday is Cobbler Day, and it was especially good today, as it always is, and um, really enjoy the gang over Judy's taking care of us. They do a, a fabulous job. As I mentioned earlier, there's a lot of racing going on right now. Pensacola Five Flags Speedway, some of the best local racing, national racing, whatever whatever you want to call it. Last weekend from Five Flags was phenomenal. And the guy who walked away with the big check in the Sportsman Spectacular was our buddy Chad K.O. Robinson, and that's his new nickname, by the way. Ko, I'm adding that to his name, so everybody can call him Ko now, as his new nick new nickname. Plus, he's got a big check, so he got plenty of money. can by everybody's Waffle House next week at Five Flags. Let's welcome in the man with a big win, Chad Robinson. Chad, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good,
3: Mr. Tommy. How you doing?
2: Do you has it? Have you have you watched this race on TV yet? If you watched the replay,
3: uh, I watched the replay of it, but I haven't watched the whole thing.
2: So, as a guy who likes local racing, I mean, I go to racetrack to watch the Sportsman Bombers and trucks race. Right, everybody else, everybody else, do it. That, that yeah. was one of maybe the best Sportsman races I've seen, and and you, and unfortunately for him, the guy who came on second, y'all put on a whale of a show.
3: Yes, sir. Yeah, like I said, me and, me and Jonathan always race good together. We know how far we can push each other, so it, it makes for a good race.
2: And we're talking to the guy who finished second was Jonathan Langham, who is a well-known street stock driver here along the Gulf Coast. He's driven pretty much, like you, has driven pretty much everything. Uh, I don't think he can drive dirt now because there's a left-side weight problem when he gets in a dirt car, but I know you've been driving. <laughs> A lot of chairs. Yeah, for you. <laughs> if, if I'm going to go ahead and get myself in trouble with everybody, I'm going to get it right. I'm, I'm going <laughs>
1: to get everybody
2: upset, right? Uh, yeah. But I mean, so I know this is a dumb question, but while you were in the car, did you have any idea what was going on that this race was as good as it was? uh i mean not really i mean i
3: knew me and him was you know being you know trying to make it a race and i was trying to you know push the car just enough to stay ahead of him i didn't want to take a chance burning the tires up and i knew he was he was hustling behind me so uh i mean i knew it was a pretty good race in my opinion you know granted i wasn't i wasn't too worried about what was going on i was just trying to stay in front but I mean, I knew me and him would make it a good race and, and, you know, be side by side. You know, I knew we could race each other clean and and do whatever. So, I mean, I, I felt like it was probably a pretty good race for the fans.
2: Well, you know, I, I and I said that question, and I know it's stupid because I know when I'm winning, I'm not thinking about what it looks like from the grandstands. I'm thinking just, dear Lord, let me figure out how to stay up here and finish winning, Right. <laughs> and then after the race, I could think about how good it was, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yes, sir. I talked to your team owner over the weekend. He was pretty excited. I think his cars that he helps, if I remember right, finished one, two, three in that race. Am I right about that?
3: Yeah, oh, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. Yeah, Mr. Eddie, man, he, he he's a backbone to a lot of the racing around here. And, and, you know, I mean, I can't thank him enough for letting me drive the car and, Helping me do everything, and I mean it. Just he he helps with a lot of people, and I really appreciate
2: him. I don't think, and look, I'm and, and and as a beneficiary of what you're talking about over the course of time, I don't think people really realize how many guys like Eddie Shoemaker are in Mobile that very quietly help a lot of race teams and make sure that you're able to get to the racetrack where without their help, you couldn't make it work.
3: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure.
2: I mean, I I, I don't want to – so the way I get guys like that is I tell them I won't tell anybody else that they're sponsoring us if they'll just write me a check, right?
3: (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. They want to stay anonymous they can. (laughs) Right, right. You
2: know, I won't tell your wife you gave me money if you'll hurry up and give me some money right? (laughs) That's it.
4: That's
2: it. Yeah. It was a a fun race. Uh, You guys have been fast all year long. Uh, So has Jonathan, and so has Maddox, his brother, who finished third. And it's a fun race to watch. Uh, The the guys put on, you guys put on a great show Friday night at Pensacola. It was an all-local racing event. And it was I like I, I was watching on Racing America, and it was absolutely a blast to watch all of it,
3: yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, and, like I said, we've been fast all year, but I mean, we had to, we, we've been having to, we finished third one night, yeah. Go ahead, Chad, finish uh, that thought,
2: yeah,
3: yeah. We've been working on it, and I mean, I've had a lot of help, you know, like I said, Eddie was helping me. and uh, Stephen Davis has been, you know, giving me a lot of advice on what to do and trying stuff and this and that. And I had Kel Bill miss that shock. so I mean, it's just—it's been a whole heap of people to, to try to get the car where it's at. But we—we uh, we got a pretty good, I believe. We're gonna tinker with a little more and see if we can make it a little bit faster.
2: Stephen Davis and Grant Thompson had a whale of a race in the truck class. Yes, sir, Friday right. night. Did. Where are you yeah. racing next? Are you going back to dirt, or are you gonna be back in Pensacola?
3: Uh, we're racing dirt this weekend. We had a big 5100 uh, to win race this weekend. So uh, it's Memorial Race, so we're, we're running dirt this weekend.
2: So I guess KO has the weekend off. Got to go, man. About am out of music. Yeah. I'll talk I'll to bite. you later. Bye-bye.
0: And that's just at the Breakfast Buffet. Here's Tommy Prater.
2: Welcome back to Inside... Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. Thank you for joining us this evening. It's a beautiful day outside. We're supposed to be headed to an awesome weekend, Memorial Day weekend. That means it's time for my favorite day in motorsports, Indy 500 in the morning, Coca-Cola 600 at night. A lot of racing leading up to that. A lot of racing last week up at North Wilkesboro. In just a few minutes, one of the North Wilkesboro winners, Alabama's Augie Grill, will join us to talk about his win in the Pro Late Model Division. Every week, our program is brought to you by Wade Distributors, Southwest Alabama's flooring leaders, our buddies at Alabama Pipe and Supply, and of course, Judy's Place, where Wednesday is Cobbler Day Day. And if you listen to the program, you know I'm a confirmed peach guy, not a berry guy. And it was absolutely phenomenal. Speaking of phenomenal, I thought the late model racing at North Wilkesboro was more entertaining and put on a better show last week than the cup race and the cup guys were on Sunday. And a guy who had a front row seat to all of this and comes home with a huge win is Alabama's own Augie Grill. Augie, how you doing, man?
1: I'm doing pretty good, Tommy. Uh, just hard at it here. Uh, take a break to talk on the radio, though.
2: Well, I, and we appreciate that because I don't think there's anybody more than the Praters that have benefited from your hard work on everybody else's stuff versus your stuff. And congratulations on a big win. I do have a question for you. That trophy next to my jukebox that I came up with for the Arcamobile 200 is one of the most unique trophies I have seen on the tour. Is it at the shop at your house, or do they have it at the welcome station there at the Alabama-Mississippi line?
1: Uh, I don't think I'm that high up on a totem pole in Alabama <laughs> just quite yet, but, uh, no, nah, I've got it here at the shop. Actually, I'm in the office right now, and I'm looking at it across the room here, but, uh, now nah, it's definitely a cool trophy. Uh, I've been lucky enough to have a few of my own, and then, uh, before I started driving, we had a few. Here and there with other drivers over the years, that you know, just very unique trophies. Uh, but that that's definitely one of the best ones I've had. Uh, but it's yeah, it, it definitely stands out in a crowd, that's for sure.
2: Well, I mean, let's let's be honest. You guys have enough snowball derby trophies down there. You can have a snowball fight with all the snowballs on top of the derby trophies. So I mean, that's that's pretty easy to to come up with. But you guys went into uh north wilkesboro against i mean I, I said this on social media and everybody agreed with me except for one guy you went in against all the money all the power it, it, everything in racing was against you and you and your homemade cars that you make right here in alabama came out with a big win
1: yeah yeah it's uh you know it, <laughs> I don't think I've ever stopped working hard uh but you know it's 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 definitely getting harder to to have your stuff on top and be be as good as everybody else uh, and sometimes you just you're just lucky uh but I do feel like I had the best car in the race which was which makes me feel good uh it's uh like I said it's just getting harder to to, to keep your car competitive every week weekend and weekend out when you can't race weekend week out uh so it, you know, it definitely uh, means a lot to me to be able to go up there and in, um, in and amongst all the good cars that were there and uh, and be able to come out on top. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not like for lack of effort uh, <laughs> missing victory lane here lately. Uh, I've definitely, I've definitely been working hard. Uh, we're not going to quit yet.
2: Well, I, and it, we mentioned it earlier in bringing you on. The number one problem you have, and, and I and and folks if you don't believe what i'm telling you but call thomas he'll tell you that you put all of your customers' stuff ahead of your stuff and if we're in there trying to get something fixed to go the racetrack yours gets set over to the side while our stuff gets fixed and 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 how you're able to continue to race working like that I, i don't know how you do it
1: i'll be honest with you it's getting tougher uh i'm 46 now and uh I mean, I still I still treat business like that, you know. I, my, my car don't make me a whole lot of money unless we do win races, like we did the other day. But uh, yeah, on a week to week basis, uh, my car doesn't get the attention that that customer stuff does, and I guess that's uh, you know I don't know if that's a good business model or not. But uh, I, I feel like I've I've gained a lot of respect from customers over the years because they they realize that I, I do give them my all. Uh, but, yeah, sometimes it makes it tough, though, uh, late nights here and uh, wishing I, I could be here more and wishing I could be at home more. It's just it's, uh, it's, it's hard to juggle it around sometimes.
2: Well, I, I'm, again, the Prater family, we're a confirmed customer, and I can stack up the number of people that I know that have driven grill cars that swear by not only the cars but the service that they get there. Let's talk a little bit about the race on, well, I guess it was the last Tuesday afternoon, I mentioned this to a cup reporter. I said, you know, the cup race didn't look very good on Sunday. I said, nobody could work the outside. Did they not get Bubba Pollard and Augie Grill's number? Because both of them passed for the lead on the outside. Uh, that was pretty impressive. I think out of everything I saw was you guys going in a direction that nobody
1: else was going. Yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I, I feel like I've, I've accomplished more if I can, if I can pass somebody on the outside. So it it made it uh made it all all the well worth it just just to be able to complete that pass on the outside. But you know, it, our cars are so much lighter than them cup cars and uh I mean, them guys had their hands full on Sunday. Uh but which I I kind of enjoyed watching cuz I mean, everybody was hung out, even even Kyle Larson that won a race. He, I mean, it wasn't like he was on a cakewalk. Uh, yeah, he had the best car, but he still had to work in that car, in, inside the car, and, uh, and that's what it's all about. I mean, the, the, you put your best foot forward and, and give it all you got, and just watching them guys, I mean, that's – that's you know the best of the best supposedly, and they were all they all had their hands full just like some of us do sometimes. And uh, it, uh, there again, it, it was an entertaining race to me to watch. But I'm I'm a different kind of fan than most. So uh, yeah, I, I do I do believe that the late model races, you know, as as your regular John Q fan, was probably more entertaining than a than a Cup race for sure. Uh, and you know, there's a lot of big names in it, and you know, it, luckily hometown boys just this, this that just do this not not necessarily even for a living were able to win the the two late model races and uh or the two you know, late models like I'm used to running uh races. Yeah. Uh but yeah, it's um, it, it's definitely special to be able to to be able to win one like that. Uh, that that up in the middle of the, the Hornets Nest like I've I've always thought, uh, up in the middle, basically Charlotte Moores right down the road, uh Uh, It it means a lot. It's it's right up there in top three of my my wins over the years, that's for sure.
2: Well, like I said, they certainly threw all the big names at you, all the big money, all the big teams. Well, there, and you guys were still able to come out with a win, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. I did want to ask you a technical question about the race, and you mentioned it Saturday, uh, Sunday, the cup guys were having a tough time finding grip. You guys found grip on the concrete and the new surface there down at the bottom, or looked like you did, and, and the cup cars just could, just could not get anything to happen down there. Is is that the way you saw it from inside the cockpit?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, uh, honestly, I, I think I might have been the only one. I, I rode the concrete almost all the way through the corner. Uh, I went down there. Uh, Corey Home got by me there pretty early, and I was, I was kind of in conserve mode just trying to take care of stuff and, you know, just playing around, by, or not necessarily playing around, just moving around behind him, just seeing what I had, what I didn't have. And I dipped down on the concrete, getting in the corner one time, and. It, that thing just whipped right around the wall and followed the wall all the way off the corner. I was like, huh, that wasn't too bad. And I, I believe what I was, you know, the concrete's fresher than the, the old asphalt, so there's a little more grip down there. And if you could get down low enough, have your right sides on that new asphalt, you really had something. And I, I think maybe it takes care of tires a little better. Uh, but, you know, they're, again, them, them cup cars are so heavy. When they would try to get down there, I think it, it, the car just slide off of it. Uh, Carl Larson was able to get down on it late in the corner off the, on exit, and uh, and I hell, I think he ran there the whole race. But uh, but yeah, just you got to you got to be willing to move around and try stuff. But I know a few times I tried up high, just going around lap cars or slower cars. And that, there's <laughs> if you didn't get your business done in about two laps, you better just get right back down in line because it, it, <laughs> it was going in a hurry.
4: Yeah,
2: it kind of reminded me of Pensacola. You know, you you had your shot and you could take it. But if you didn't make it, you needed to quit.
1: Oh yeah, there's no doubt, no doubt. Uh, uh, But yeah, you know, I've I've always been kind of, kind of open to trying the outside. Uh, Wherever I go, it might not work nine times out of ten, but at at least I'm going to give it a shot. And uh, that that made it a whole lot of fun the other night, just like I said, just to be able to, or the other day, just to be able to get in the lead on the outside and uh, and be able to hold him off the rest of the race.
2: And you mentioned that at some point during a race, a seventy five hundred lap race, most likely at some point you're gonna be there. You're gonna be on the outside at some point, so you better know what's gonna happen.
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. And uh, you know, they got that the rule rolling are in the late model racing now, so uh, you know, racetracks like that, it's it's kinda of crucial that you get a decent decent place. Uh but I'll still, I mean, if, there's, if I'm going to gain two spots by, by jumping on outside, I'm, I'm going to do it, even if it's at North Willsboro. Because, <clears throat> uh, you know, I always feel like I can run one or two corners pretty good and then maybe be able to get down clear somewhere. But it doesn't always work out, but I'm, I would at least give it a try.
2: Where are you going next, bud?
1: Uh, actually running a mod- big modified race up in Michigan uh, next week, Uh 21,000 win modified race at Bertrand Speedway uh, wow. weekend of the 2nd.
2: Sounds great. Well, buddy, I appreciate you joining us. Congratulations on a huge win, and uh, good luck in the modified.
1: Thank you very much, Tommy. Thanks for having me on, man.
2: Augie Grill, Mark Gregory, when we come back right here on WNSP.
0: On 105.5 FM and streaming live on WNSP.com. Out of the caution and full speed ahead, here's Tommy Prater.
2: Welcome back to Inside Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. Thank you for joining us this evening. Got a really fun show. Augie Grill in after a big win at North Wilkesboro. Chad K.O. Robinson. Sportsman Spectacular winner. Last weekend at Five Flags. In just a few minutes... The defending Indy 500 champion spotter Mark Gregory will give us a view from the roof for this year's Indy 500. Every week our program is brought to you by Judy's Place, Alabama Pipe and Supply, and Wade Distributor's Southwest Alabama Flooring Leader. I don't know what it's like at y'all's house, and, and, and look, we watch racing all the time at my house. My family is tired of me watching racing. But this year's Indianapolis five hundred has caught my wife and I's attention. We have been watching a hundred days to Indy for the last ten or twelve weeks, however long it's been on. Getting to know a lot of the guys behind the scenes stories. It's been fun to watch. Qualifying last weekend was if you want drama, it's better than one life to live in Indianapolis last weekend. And for a guy who has a unique perspective as a two-time winner of the Indy 500 and a guy that spots a little stock car racing too when he's not out working for Marcus Erickson is our buddy Mark
5: Gregory. Mark, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, Tommy. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Uh, this
2: year's this year, storylines going into the 500 weekend, my goodness, there are just so many. The drama is already off the hook. Teammate knocking another teammate out on the last qualifying effort of qualifying. on qualify. I mean, I, you just can't make some of the stuff up that's happened. Then the guy who gets knocked out gets back in because a guy had a wreck on Monday. I mean, it's just, it's crazy.
5: Yeah, Sunday was pretty wild. Uh, I can't imagine what those guys over at uh, Ray Hall, Letterman, Flanagan Racing were were going through, but it was just a roller coaster of emotions, and there's a lot of support up there for the Ray Hall group, uh, tradition, and uh, Bobby's been there for a long time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, we... You're just glad it's not your team that's going through that, for sure. the 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 other part is, you know, as a
2: team, and for our listeners, there were four guys trying to make three slots, and as it got down to it, three of the four guys were all from Graham, uh, from Ray Hall Letterman Racing, and one guy was not. And then, as it got down to the last few minutes, the one guy who was not had put himself in the field. And then it was either going to be one of Ray Hall Letterman's drivers or the other one. And literally, with no time on the clock, one guy bumps another one who is Graham Ray Hall, who is Bobby Ray Hall's son. And boom, he's out of the 500. And then Monday night, yeah, that, he's back in the 500.
5: Yeah, that was, uh, like I said, Sunday was pretty crazy. Uh, Harvey was on track, you know, when the gun went off. And he came in and changed tires. And nobody thought the engine would stand that. I mean, they got a cool down procedure and and they drive Hondas. And Honda's very specific about how that works. But they just made a quick adjustment. I talked to a couple of other spotters that that are on that group and do a set of tires on it, made a quick adjustment, let some air out of the left front. And uh, he made it happen. And then, yeah, like in our last practice, uh, Monday with the crash with Wilson and Leg, And now Graham got the call. And I think that was something, you know, everybody had to work out because that's a Chevrolet team. And uh, Graham's been with the Honda group for quite a while. So it was pretty cool to see everybody come together and understand that the importance of what this race means to not only an individual, but a team. And they could get it worked out. And um, and and Graham's going to drive that car.
2: My first question about qualifying and what we know so far, headed into I think the 107th running of the Indianapolis 500 this Sunday uh, morning. Why does Ray Hall Letterman have three of the four cars on bump day? What in the world is going on with Ray Hall Letterman? where three of their of their four cars and three of the four bump cars, what in the world are they doing back there to start off with?
5: Well, that's true. <clears throat> and that was part of the conversation the whole week of practice. And I think there was even some interviews with, with Graham uh, that maybe alluded to he's open to going somewhere else. Uh, you know, and that, that's, that's pretty uh, odd to hear that when they've got a, a group like that that's been around for so long. I mean, it kind of makes you think back to the petty days when, you know, Richard left the team uh, to move to another group to try, try to make them survive. But uh, I don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but uh, those guys know they've got to get their act together because they're Indy car racers and they need to be up closer to the front of the field and Try to fill in the back row.
2: It's it's like, and I don't. I'm going to say this name, but it's not exactly there. But it, you'll you'll get where I'm going from. It would be like going to Daytona, and the four Hendrick cars, are the last three of the four, are the last three guys in the race. That's not where that group belongs. When you go into the biggest race of the year, they normally have been hunting for trophies.
5: Yeah, that's true. And you know Graham and Harvey, uh, they're full time cars. Uh, they run every week, so it's not like they just put something together and try to throw through another car, and just because it's the 500 to make the feel. Uh, you know that, right. those groups. Uh, now, leg was; she's the odd person out, so to speak. She was the the third car, and she was solid into into the. The thirty car group. Right. But the other two are full time cars and you know they're full time engineers, full time teams. So you think they'd come into this show with with their ducks in a row, so to speak, I guess.
2: So a team that's come in with guns blazing, and it's hard for me to say A.J. Foyt has been an underdog at Indianapolis the last few years. But here comes Foyt Group and Santino Ferrucci. He's been in the hunt, almost had the pole.
5: Well, I'm going to let you in on a little secret there. They got one of Ganassi's engineers last year and a gear guy. There you so go so you know how it is when people jump ship <coughs> that's they right take information with them so that's right they 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 showed up in a big way ferrucci has been top of the board all week
2: i'm thinking about getting my hair done like his what do you think
5: He's got some hair stuff going on. Every time he takes his <laughs> helmet off, I just, just kind of chuckle a little bit. There's nobody else in the garage area that's got a, a hairdo like he's got. But uh, he's a wheel man. He's going to be somebody to look at, I think, on Sunday if they can, you know, r- run the entire distance.
2: It, uh, it, it, You know, he's got the kind of hair that you just wonder how he gets it all in the helmet, Right.
5: Right. That's
2: true. Let's talk about you guys. You guys have already got a win this year. Marcus Erickson and your Ganassi team already have a win. Uh, Top 10, uh, very solid effort for this year's 500. What's it going to take, Mark, for you guys to be back-to-back winners?
5: Well, I think we need a little bit of luck, no mistakes, and we just need – the race to fall our way. Um, You know, last year, Blow looked like he was the guy to beat and had an untimely caution right when he needed fuel and couldn't stay out. He was already committed to pit lane. Uh, Last year, Scott, he was next car in line and got caught speeding on pit road, but by like, six-tenths of a mile an hour, just, I mean, nearly nothing. So, things like that, you just got to get your mark, so to speak. We'll have six to seven pit stops. You know how the cautions fall could change uh, that a little bit. Some of these guys will be on a fuel run rather than a speed run, Uh, try to make it on less stops than everybody else. So, Our guys have got a plan. We just got to execute. I mean, that's kind of a cliche saying, but it it actually is how it's going to work. The Indy
2: 500 and the Daytona 500 are similar to me in one respect, is that it's like salmon swimming upstream. And the first thing you have to do in order to win either one of those races is is be one of the salmon at the end and avoid the pitfalls that will keep you from winning that race.
5: Yeah, that's true. Uh, You know, two years ago we crashed. Uh, Marcus was – he came into the IndyCar deal not being that familiar with the ovals, and it's really unreal what he has done in the offseason and during the racing season. To work on his oval, uh, the tracks that you know he he came from road courses when Formula One, so he's really worked hard in the sim uh, to try to get um, green drives to the top with the uh, the oval track stuff. So I think we got something to do Sunday, and I think we can do it.
2: Well, buddy, the music means I gotta go. I appreciate you joining us. Now, if you get to Borg Warner again, I'm going to bug you again next week to come back and do the show with us. And uh, uh, just good luck this weekend, and you guys have a great race.
5: All right, that'll be good, Tommy. I appreciate it. I hope I get to talk to you next week. Thank you,
2: <laughs> Mark Gregory. He'll have the view from the roof for Marcus Erickson and Chip Ganassi Racing. And by the way, for those of y'all who have never been to Indianapolis, that's a two spotter deal because you can't see across the infield with the pagoda. So there'll be another spotter at the other end. Whew! Bad enough 230 miles an hour. Then you got a hand off. Wow. The Moose, when we come back, right here on WNSP.
0: This is Inside Alabama Racing on 105.5 FM and streaming live on WNSP.com. Keeping it mostly between the lines, here's Tommy Prater.
2: Welcome back to Inside Alabama Racing. I'm Tommy Prater. Thank you for joining us this evening. It's a busy race weekend this weekend. Memorial Day is always a phenomenal racing weekend. Excited about Sunday's action. And I, I need to call my buddy Charles Gay to get me caught up on Formula One because that should happen early Sunday morning. Normally from Monaco, I believe. But I'm, I'm, I'm really not of lost favor with the Formula One people. But I will be watching Indy, and I will be watching the Coca Cola Six Hundred. It's a, uh, it's a big, it's a, it, it's, it, and it's hard to describe. Mark Gregory was on with us earlier, Marcus Erickson spotter, how big a deal Indy is, right? And and it's like getting into Daytona the first time. You get in, and it's like, man, I can't, I can't believe I'm in. I'm here. This is the biggest race of the year. And it gets crazy from there, which I guess I I need to quit talking so I can bring in the Moose for this week's edition of the Moose Call. I'm going to run him out of time. (coughs) Thomas, how you doing, man?
4: Oh, everything's good.
2: So I had Marcus Gregory on, Mark Gregory on, who spots for Marcus Erickson in the IndyCar deal. You and I watched some of this IndyCar deal together this this past weekend it's just crazy i mean we hadn't even we didn't got to the race yet and, and the 500 stuff is crazy
4: yeah it is there's a lot leading up to it uh like you said it's a lot like daytona where they have a lot leading up to that as well but the craziest part about it is is 200 Forty one, two hundred and forty two miles an hour down the straightaway and not even lifting the gas going into the turn. It's uh that's that's pretty crazy.
2: Um so we have a lot of female racers that do very well in indie car racing, but two hundred and forty miles an hour and turning the steering wheel hard left, that's just gotta have a whole lot of intestinal fortitude and some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. In order right, to do that.
4: Know, it's, uh it's i mean it's crazy they put a lot of a lot of faith in those cars and obviously a lot of faith in their crew to prepare those cars and they just go off in there like it's nothing
2: you and I were talking about it 360 feet a second in an automobile that's crazy
4: yeah yeah it really is um you know I, People ask me all the time what it's like going 200 miles an hour. And, uh, you know, it's it, when you're by yourself, it's one thing. But whenever you get around other people, it gets insane. Um, and especially whenever you get around people that are maybe, say, you're going 190 and they're going 165, that's when you realize how fast you're going. So I really can't imagine what it's like if somebody was going just, say, 200 and you were going 240 when you passed them, how fast you would go past them. I mean, it's got to be insane.
2: Uh, Just everything about it is insane. And and they've now got the driver's head down in the cockpit, which is wonderful. But can you imagine doing that with your head sticking up there?
4: Yeah, you have to have a serious visor. To, uh, to to stay closed <laughs> two hundred <laughs> miles an hour. I mean you just
2: think about a bolt or something coming off the racetrack and headed at you at two hundred and forty miles an hour.
4: Yeah. Uh, much a bolt. How about a, a bee with <laughs>
2: <laughs> Yeah. Or a tire, right? <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: That's right. Also earlier on the show we had Augie Grill. Winds up at North Wilkesboro. No surprise to you, I don't guess.
4: Not at all. You know, I'm a I'm a big Augie Grill fan. I think he's I think he's one of the best best race car drivers out there, um, and also one of the best guys to talk to about racing because he he sees it from both ends. You know, his livelihood is racing, and he's and uh, he's obviously been going out there and making it happen for many years now.
2: I have said numerous times on this program and in private, and I said again tonight, there would not be a Thomas Prater ARCA racer without Augie grill supporting you and your late model effort.
4: Oh, that's for sure. Because I tore so much crap up. I kept him in business. (laughs) I'll, never, but I I'll mean, never forget one time I went up there and I unloaded a car and his dad, Mister Frank Frankie looked at me. He said, All right, you hit the hell out of something, boy?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the grill stories can go on and on, but to go to North Wilkesburg is the best of the best, and have Augie Grill and Bubba Pollard, both guys that we know really well come out on top. That's pretty incredible.
4: Yeah, it really is. You know, just uh, it really was the best of the best up there in those late models. Um, I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine, uh, you know, being in a field looking at the sheet and seeing that you're, you know, starting behind or starting in front of guys like Noah direction or, uh, you know, just – a stacked field like that. Pretty
2: incredible. Well, buddy, the music means I got to go. We'll holler at you next week. Yes, sir. That's the Moose. That means that's our show. Thank you for joining us this evening. What a fun show. I want to thank Chad K.O. Robinson, Augie Grill, Mark Gregory, and the Moose for being with us. It's Memorial Day weekend. Everybody be safe. If you're looking for me on Sunday, You only have to go as far as my TV set. I'll catch it all. I had to catch up with Charles Gay, though, to figure out what I'm doing for Formula One. Everybody have a safe Memorial Day and have an awesome week.